Hey guys, welcome to yet another episode of the DIF ABA podcast with me, your host, Dr. Lillian Kerubo, a behavior pediatrician. This week, we are talking about picky eating. Okay, I know this is a topic that many parents can identify with, both parents of neurotypical and parents of neurodiverse children. Children like to pick at their food, they choose and select what they will eat, and they reject a lot of new foods introduced to them. So let's jump into the episode and learn together. Picky eating is one of the behaviors that comprises general food behavior. Okay, so there is a behavior that relates to food, especially in children. There are children who either will only eat when a certain person is in the room or will only eat certain foods or will only eat when a food is on a particular type of plate with a particular type of spoon, will only eat when the ambience or the environment is specific, will only eat at a specific location, at a specific chair, will only eat in a specific duration of time. So there are many habits or many behaviors when it comes to food. So picky eating is just one of them. Picky eating represents high selective attitude towards a different variety of food, and it varies from family to family. So children who have picky eating behavior are very, very selective to different types of food, and they have a high rejection rate new foods that have been introduced okay it's very common for children who are between the ages of 1 to 10 for neurotypical children who are between the ages of 1 to 10 it's very common to have picky eating behavior and for children who are neurodiverse especially children in the spectrum children with obsessive compulsive disorder this is a problem that usually spans the whole of their lives okay It usually appears at about age four to six months when complementary feeding is introduced. Most babies do not reject breast milk, but when the introduction of food starts, depending on when and where the, the introduction of food starts, then the behavior of picky eating starts to show itself. Most children who have picky eating behavior tend to reject fruits, vegetables, meats, nuts, and water. So those are the foods that have a high rejection rate. Fruit, vegetables, meats, nuts, and water. Children tend to prefer snacks, juices, sweets, cookies, pizza, fries, and other carbohydrates. So basically they tend to select, to weed out the healthy food and remain with food that may not necessarily be healthy. Okay, why does picky eating occur? One of the reasons picky eating occurs is because of taste preferences. Children, just like adults, have taste buds. So if food is not tasty to them, they are unlikely to want to eat it. Most parents make the mistake of thinking children don't have taste buds and they can basically be shoved with anything from the freezer and they they will automatically eat it. That is not true. Children are created with a tongue, and one of the purposes of the tongue is for taste selection. So even children want to eat tasty food. So overboiled food, overspiced food, or food lacking in flavor is repulsive to them. 
Surprisingly, babies who are breastfed longer, breastfed exclusively longer, have a wider taste variety. And one of the reasons we think this is possible is because during the process of breastfeeding, sometimes the mother is also eating as she's nursing the child. And so as she's eating the different types of food varieties that are available to her, the baby is somehow getting used to that particular food, either by the smell of the food, the look of the food, or how basically the food alters the breast milk composition, okay? Another reason children reject foods is because of novelty. Children tend to reject anything new since they're not used to it. This is a basic human response. If you are introduced to something new that you have never encountered before, the first reaction is to reject it, okay? So care should be taken when introducing new foods, especially for neurodiverse children. The third reason children tend to reject new foods is a child might be full already. Maybe they are just from eating a certain meal or they're just from having a heavy snack. So technically their belly is full. And surprisingly, children are very good moderators of how much they can eat. Surprisingly, they actually know when they are full. They actually know when they don't want to eat anymore. So they might be full from previous eating. The other reason a child might reject new foods is mismatched expectations between the parent and the child when it comes to food. Most of the time, the expectations of the parent are way above what is the reality on the ground. Many parents, especially African parents, tend to want to overfeed their children. They put a big bowl of food and the expectation is the child must finish it. Okay? That expectation may not necessarily match the requirements of the child at that age or at that time. So we need to know what the child requires, what the child actually needs, and adjust our expectations to that. Another reason why children may reject food is illness. Children may be suffering from uh, various diseases such as um, peptic ulcer disease, they may be having ulcerative colitis, they may be having oral wounds and oral sores, they may be having other gastrointestinal problems, they may be having any type of infection that is you know, weighing them down. That means their ability or their flexibility in taking new foods is reduced. The medications that are used to treat most of the illnesses also reduce the child's interest in food. So for example, if a child is on antibiotics, antibiotics have a tendency to reduce appetite. So just make sure your child is not ill or is not on any medication before you judge them to be picky eaters. For neurodiverse children, food rejection can be a maladaptive behavior stemming from the challenge of the disorder that they, they have. For example, children with sensory processing disorder have a challenge with how the food feels or the sensation of different foods on the tongue. The sensation may be overwhelming. Remember, in sensory processing disorder, the, the wiring between the sensation and the interpretation in the brain is skewed. So you'll find their interpretation of different sensation to be overwhelming to them. So they reject anything that they their brain 
does not seem to process normally. So for example, you'll find children with sensory processing disorder only prefer soft foods. For example, foods that are blended or foods that are pasty in nature, such that when you introduce a solid food, it is rejected, automatically rejected, and you try to force it in, they have a major tantrum, they choke on the food, and they literally will not eat. Most parents tend to think that if this child gets hungry enough, they will eat. They will literally not eat that solid food because the process of that sensation on the tongue, the way that food rolls on the tongue, the sensation that food incites on the gums and in the mouth is too much for their brain to interpret in a typical manner. So their response or their solution is to reject the food. For children in the spectrum or children with obsessive compulsive disorder, a new food means an alteration in the routine and this sends them into a meltdown. Remember, these students thrive on routine, thrive on laid down, um, used to procedures. So when something new comes in, that means their whole routine is thrown out of work. That means their whole schedule is messed up and they're not able to deal with this new feeling. And so they go into a full meltdown. For children with obsessive, with the oppositional defiance disorder, food rejection may be a form of defiance. So basically in ODD, these are children who basically want or have uh, an obsession with um, breaking the rules and saying no to everything or to every suggestion they are given. And so rejection of food is one of the many ways that they reject parental guidance or parental laid down rules. For teenagers and young adults who may be experimenting with drugs, some drugs may lead to low appetite and therefore they will pick at their food. Drugs such as nicotine, which is found in cigarettes, cut, methamphetamines, and alcohol may lead to food aversion. So depending on the age of your child, whether your child is neurotypical or neurodiverse, um, whether there are other psychological factors surrounding um, the home environment, children who are abused or neglected have a higher tendency of picking at their foods than children who are from stable environments. So what's the big deal about picky eating? Why do parents worry themselves when a child is picking at their foods? The biggest concern with children who are picky eating is that they may not attain their growth and developmental milestones. As we all know, nutrition is one of the major key players in a child's help, growth, development, performance. So all these factors can be affected if the child is not getting adequate nutrition, okay? Problems such as being underweight, being having a short stature, having reduced brain growth, frequent infections due to low immunity are some of the problems that can arise from undernutrition or from malnutrition. And so parents have a right to be concerned when they notice that their children are having picky eating, and unfortunately, if the foods they are picking to eat are not necessarily the healthy or alternatives. For some parents, it's a matter of control. You know, we generally have this idea in our heads that children must eat what they are told when they are told. So for some parents, when this is not happening, they lose, they lose control and they lose their sense of identity because the, child, the child's rejection of food somehow in their mind is interpreted as a rejection of them. And so this becomes a whole power play that they cannot handle. So how do you help 
in such a situation that when a child is, you know, picky eating, and if they're picky eating to the problem to the extent where their health is in danger. Remember, we must interpret it within the norms. We must understand that all children at one point will have a tendency to pick at their food. So we must we must gauge, uh, is this a picky eating behavior that is resulting in health deficits? So we only respond to the ones that are resulting in health deficits. The first thing to do is to educate yourself as a parent and educate your child on the importance of food and which types of food are important for life and growth. Okay, some children simply don't know that fruits and vegetables are healthy foods that encourage growth, brain development, and resistance to disease. So educate your child, Have your, especially if your child is in the age of um, understanding. Uh, you can use pictures, you can use pictograms, you can get videos from YouTube, and educate your child on why it's important to eat a wide variety of foods. Let them understand the different food groups, the carbohydrates, the proteins, the, veg, the vitamins, the trace elements, the roughage, water, oils, and fats, and let them understand what each food group does to the body. Okay. Once a child is more educated, they're they're more receptive to the different types of food. Okay. Give examples of the foods that are available in each category in your country or in your, you know, geographical location, uh, you know, foods that are accessible to you, foods that are affordable to you. There's no need, for example, insisting that your child must eat Brussels sprouts here in Kenya, for example. Brussels sprouts are mostly imported, so they are mostly expensive. Not all families are able to afford it. And even if you can afford it, it's most likely not going to be on the menu every day. So use locally available, accessible, affordable examples for your child to understand. Okay. The second thing we can do to help with picky eating behavior is to manage our expectations as parents. Manage our expectations. Calculate your child's caloric need, okay? Roughly, it doesn't have to be an accurate answer, but roughly, a child who's, for example, three to four years uh, needs about 85 kilocalories per kilogram per day. So if the child is 12 kilograms, they may require 1,200 kilocalories in a whole day, okay? If your child eats approximately four tablespoons of rice, um, you know, a serving of legumes, uh, maybe a few carrots on the side, and later has an apple, that meal has approximately 300 kilocalories, which is about a quarter of the daily requirement. Okay, This means if the child eats a similar type of food a whole day, they have met their caloric needs. Okay, So as a rough guide, if you want to know how much your child needs to eat per meal, the amount of food, the total amount of food to be consumed per sitting should be the same size as their clenched fist because that directly corresponds to the size of their stomach. Okay, So make a fist of your child's hand and the amount of food you serve them should be approximately the size of that fist. Okay, sometimes I see plates that children have been served, including my own children. It's a whole mountain of food, and we insist that this child must finish that type of food. It can be quite overwhelming. Another rough way of estimating how much a child should eat, they should eat at least a tablespoon per age. So if a child is 12, for every year of their life, 
So if a child is 12 years old, they should eat at least 12 tablespoons of food, okay? The third thing we can do to help children overcome their picky eating behavior is to cook meals in a way that brings out their flavor and is appealing to the eye, okay? Cook food in the way that makes it tasty. Not all foods are supposed to be boiled, for example. Not all foods are supposed to be fried. Not, and the type of frying matters, star frying versus deep frying versus shallow frying. Not all foods can be steamed. Not all foods can be baked. Not all foods can be stewed and so on and so forth. Food must be tasty. If it's meat, it must be well seasoned and well done. If it's legumes, they must be soft and tasty. And also invest in presentation. Okay, don't just lump food together one on top of the other and then serve it. You know, presentation matters. How you lay your veggies on the side, how you put your stew, you know, on the on the cob, it matters. Children love colors, so have your plate have a, a, a wide variety of colors. Make the rice yellow, for example. Let the veggies be that bright, attractive green. Let the carrots be the nice, attractive orange. Let the stew be a nice brownish, creamish kind of thing. Presentation really matters to children. Serve the food in a colorful plate, a green, luminous green plate or an orange plate. Use colorful spoons. They are, it's all about the aesthetics, okay? The other thing we can do to improve uh, the children's eating behavior is to feed the child every three to four hours to allow the child to be hungry before the next meal. Sometimes children are fed a breakfast at seven, they have a snack at eight, they have another snack at nine, at 10 they have a meal, at 11 another snack. So literally the stomach does not get time to empty itself. It is food on top of food, on top of food, on top of food, such that when it is now time to eat what we consider a proper meal, like dinner or lunch, the child will reject that meal because they are literally full. There is literally no space for new food to go in, okay? So if your child must have snacks in between meals, the snacks should be nutritious and should be non-filling, okay? So snacks such as nuts or fruit are very, uh, or milk, they are nutritious and they don't fill the belly. So if you must give your child snacks in between meals, choose snacks that are high in nutrition and that are low in density, okay? Eat together as a family and eat the same foods. When it's time to eat the so-called proper meals, do not make the children sit alone in a secluded room by themselves and eat and be forced to eat while you, the parents, are maybe watching TV in the den or are outside in the balcony doing, you know, something else. Families should eat together and should most likely be eating the same meals. This is to remove the perception that eating is a punishment or eating is a duty or a task to be done. Eating time it, uh, should be family time for chatting, for sharing experiences, for having fun, for catching up on how the day was, for telling jokes, for, you know, experiencing life through the other person's eyes. So let eating time be a fun time, be a good time that children can look forward to. During eating, avoid distractions like TV, gadgets, or phone. 
Preferably let the TV be off, let the, 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 the tablets be away from the table, let the phones be away. And this applies to both children and parents, okay? So that the child focuses on the task of eating. Allow independence for the child to feed themselves, okay? I know some parents do not like children feeding themselves because of the mess they create, but somehow, Feeding themselves gives them that motivation to keep on eating because they're like, oh, I can control what goes in my mouth. I can control how fast I'm eating. I can control the amount of food on my spoon. So give them independence. Once a child is around, you know, age two, they should be allowed to feed themselves, obviously, with supervision. Okay. How you position the child in front of the food also matters. The table or the, the, the place that the food is, is on should be at stomach height from the child. Don't put the food too high nor too low. Okay, so the table should be stomach height so that the child can reach the food with ease. If a child is small, you need to get a high chair. Okay, and a high chair is basically a chair that's elevated so that the table becomes at the stomach height for the child. Okay. In the description of the episode, I will give an example of a high chair that you can get from Amazon that is very is very um, affordable and is foldable so that it doesn't occupy space. One of our concerns as parents when we buy high chairs is that they will fill up the house, especially if you don't have a big house. So this particular high chair is foldable so that once you're done with feeding, you can fold it and put it in a corner of the house. The other thing we can do when we are introducing new foods is to introduce parts of the new food together with foods that have already gained acceptance. For example, if you are trying to introduce chicken and the child has already accepted rice, then you can put the chicken together with the rice. You can cook the chicken together with the rice. Encourage the child to take the new food. Do not try to bribe the child. Do not threaten the child and do not hide the food. I've heard of parents who sneak broccoli inside the pasta, you know, the pasta, let's say pasta penne that has the hole. So you sneak a little piece of broccoli inside that space, in the, inside that hole and trick the child into eating it. Do not do this. Do not bribe the child. Don't tell the child, if you eat this, you will get whatever, okay? Because they tend, to, especially for neurodiverse children, they take this very literally such that when they grow up, they also de de expect the same treatment when it comes to feeding. So you'll find that in a restaurant, they eat and then they go to the manager of the restaurant and say, I ate my chicken, where's my $5? Or where's my five shillings? So do not bribe the child. Do not threaten the child. Do Certainly do not do that. Uh, there are people who who tell the child, if you do not eat this, you get five lashes, or we show you a horror movie or a scary picture. Please do not do this. It sends very negative wirings and very negative emotions are ripped up when food is being served, which is not what we want. For older children, children who are above five years, let them participate in meal selection and in meal preparation. A child is less likely to reject a meal that he prepared or a meal that he participated in selecting. So ask your child, what would you like to eat tonight? You know, what, what, what would you like to eat for dinner? Let your child be part of the selection and the preparation of the meal. For neurodiverse children, introduce new foods very gradually with 
stickers or awards upon completing a certain meal. Okay, so if you're introducing um, a vegetable, start gradually. Do not fill a whole plate of vegetable. Give a small piece, then the next day another piece, the next day another piece. Okay, if you introduce a new meal and the child rejects it, you have up to three tries. Okay, so you give the broccoli, it's rejected. You talk about the broccoli and its importance, try again, it's rejected. You tell them why you feel it's important to eat the broccoli, it's rejected. Give up at that point and try again another day. Okay, do not overly try to introduce the meal at the first take. Do not manage your expectation. Do not expect the new meal to be taken the first time you introduce it, no matter how healthy it is. And trying too many times leads to disappointment for both you as the parent and frustration on the child's part. So introduce new foods very gradually for neurodiverse children. Make sure when you're introducing the food, you're not angry and you are not too excited. Because again, this messes up with the reception on the other side, especially for neurodiverse children. They may end up eating the food just to keep you happy or just to avoid you from getting angry, which is not a good reason to take food. Food should be enjoyed. It should be taken for nourishment. It should be, a, the children should have a healthy attitude and a healthy relationship towards food, okay? Remember to always consult a medical professional if these simple tips do not alter the situation. So if you try all that I've said and you do not see a change in the picky eating behavior and mannerisms, please consult a pediatrician, a gastroenterologist, or a nurse, or any medical professional near you because the child might be going through something more than just the behavior of picky eating. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. I hope I have been of help and of service to you. Please, when this episode, when you finish listening to this episode, go to a share button near you and send it to at least two people that you know. Thank you so much. Find me in Facebook in a group called Marvelous Disabilities and on Twitter at Marvelous Disabilities. Till next time, have a good one.